Well, hey, Jeeper, I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got all the details and possible evidence of a cover-up surrounding the closure of the Belvedere Jeep plant in Illinois. I'm about to blow the lid off of this story with news you won't hear anywhere else. So we are most definitely in unique times right now. As we enter the last weeks of 2022, we are still being hit with tragic stories surrounding the effects of current of the current state of the economy. You yourself listening to this have likely heard local news stories in your own town about businesses shutting down, companies leaving other cities due to cost, you know, things like that, overregulation, crime, lack of customers, all that sort of stuff. We've all heard it time and time again. Well, if you've had your ear to the rails like I have, well, you may have heard the rumors that Stellantis, Jeep's parent company, is shutting down one of their plants. And indeed, we're hearing a lot of news this week about the nearly 1,400 employees getting laid off at the Belvedere plant in Illinois. So it seems the rumors are indeed true. People lost their jobs, the plant is closed, the end. Well, not quite. Because in a shit show of an attempt to save face for firing so many people this close to Christmas, Stellantis is saying that the plant is not closed. No, 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 no. Don't you for a second believe your lying eyes. The plant is not closed. It's simply going to be idle, says Stellantis. Now, usually when something is idle, it is still running, at least in my book. Now, this plant is arguably not running, and the nearly 1,400 people that work there aren't working. So, what are we doing here? Well, Stellantis mentioned multiple reasons for closing the plant in a recent press release, including the microchip shortage, supply chain issues, all the standard BS that we've been hearing from so many for the last two years. However, the automaker noted that, quote, the most impactful challenge is the increasing cost related to the electrification of the automotive market. Oh, so you mean the electrification that even the CEO of your company says that the U.S. is not ready for and that the general consensus among the entire population is to stop trying to shove this down our throats? You mean mm -hmm. that electrification? Electric vehicles are more expensive to produce than gas-powered cars, primarily due to high costs on the minerals in their batteries. One would think that something like that would have been worked into the business model and cost-benefit analysis before bringing something like an electric vehicle to the market, right? Well, I, I guess not. That make, makes too much sense. Too much to ask, right? In a rush to become the quote-unquote world leader in electric SUVs, as Jeep put it earlier this year, the automaker we all know and love has screwed up. The, auto, uh, the United Automotive uh, Workers Union, the UAW, uh, released a disapproving statement earlier this week following the December 9th decision vowing to fight back against it. Announcing the closure just a few weeks from the holiday is also a cruel disregard for the contributions of the UAW members and Stellantis should bring those people back to work immediately. The company will make every effort to place indefinitely laid off employees in open full-time positions as they become available, Stellantis says. Illinois government JB, uh, Governor J.B. Prisker also says his administration will help displaced workers find new positions since the plant appears as if it is unlikely to reopen. Even the governor thinks that uh, this is a permanent closure. Jeep claims that the Cherokee made at this facility is an important vehicle in the lineup and according to the statement made from Jeep spokesperson to, uh, Jody Tinson, remains committed long-term to this mid-sized SUV segment. Well, that's interesting, Jody. Because you just shut down the one plant that makes this oh-so-important vehicle to the lineup. To really sink the knife all the way into the back of these auto workers who makes this Jeep is that Stellantis, internal Stellantis company documents rather, have been released now that show the Jeep Cherokee production that used to happen here on the U.S. soil, done by U.S. workers, is now being moved to a facility in Mexico. Way to go, Jeep. Way to go.
very sad. I mean, we are pushing too hard and too fast, and it does cost a lot of money for the electric vehicles, but these poor employees are now out. That's yeah, I've I've read good. one press release from another Stellantis spokesperson saying that these are just uh, growing pains that is supposed to be expected as the auto industry as a whole moves towards this electrification. Well, I, I would think that that if this was a known thing that was going to happen, hey, you know, as we move into electrification, we're going to have to shut plants down. We're going to have to fire thousands and thousands of people. Um, maybe if, you know, that was talked about beforehand, maybe the rollout of this electrification could have, arguably should have been done differently. Well, I think it's been held quietly on purpose just for that reason. If there was yeah, discussion I, I about so. what the actual reality was, they wouldn't have pushed so hard and they're making all these demands. But I'm curious too, this isn't just a Jeep thing. I think this is going to be happening across all levels of car makers don't you agree i mean there has to be the same things happening to them it's not the jeeps being singled out do you think well i mean as much as i i am looking at automotive news my my filter is primarily jeep now that's not to say that i don't hear buzzes about other industry other automakers um and, and what is going on with there but what i am hearing is is both ford and gm have made massive massive investments recently i'm talking the last few months um, towards uh, uh, a plant retooling, uh, talking about uh, opening up battery plants, you know, electrification plants and stuff where they're going to be basically making just the batteries at these facilities for the electric vehicles from that automaker. Uh, I think mm -hmm. Ford just last week or something opened up a new battery plant over, uh, over in Michigan. So, I mean, there are other automakers in the same uh, region even uh, in the same industry that are making strides towards improvements and, and, and are not firing people by the thousands to do it so you know uh, well maybe but well here's my take on that you know you can dump a lot of money into something but if it's not going to be profitable at some point you have to stop so perhaps the other automakers will be doing that next year sometime and jeep just happens to be as always a leader in everything maybe he's they're realizing they're not going to be able to to afford to do this and uh, at the level they're at i don't know well, to, to speak to speak to that really quick, uh, Jeep has, I mean, what, every 9, 10, 11, 12 years or so or thereabouts completely redesigned one of their models. Um, and mm -hmm. so with that comes a complete retooling of the plant that, that makes that vehicle. And so with right. that then comes, you know, layoffs and stuff. Hey, we're going to lay you guys off for three months while we retool this facility. We're going to bring your jobs back. But that's all known. With mm -hmm. here is, oh, we're going to lay you guys off. No, 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 we're not closing this plant. This is just a an, an idle temporary shutdown. So you can go put your except, hand on the building and just feel it. It's, it's just idling. Except behind the scenes, we're moving all these jobs and, and, and other things to Mexico, to another country. So no, this isn't temporary. No, you're not going to have your jobs come back in a few months. No, this isn't just a retooling like we've done in the past. This is, we're shutting this down. We're moving your job to Mexico. So, F off, good luck, here's your pink slip, goodbye. Oh, and by the way, happy holidays. Yeah, it is 10 days before Christmas. Hey, Josh, I mean, where, come on. Where was that plant that they were having so many issues with the fumes, the paint fumes? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. What? Isn't this the same plant? No, this is, this is the Belvedere plant. Um, uh, that one uh, was the Mac assembly plant. So, oh, Belvedere okay. versus Mac assembly plant. I was I was listening to this thinking, wow, Jeep really stuck it to those people and just said, all right, screw you, we're 
taking our ball and going home. That's yeah, this this uh, this particular factory uh, makes the Cherokee. That one makes the Ch uh, Grand Cherokee L. And I thought there was something else they did there at that facility as well, but I can't remember now exactly. But uh, nonetheless, different different uh, 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 different facilities. Uh, but still. I mean, I mean, if it would be well, one thing if this was, you know, hey, things are just not quite as profitable as we as we were hoping. We're going to have to start dropping some shifts. Okay, that's one thing. Maybe they go from three shifts down to two, or from two shifts down to one. Okay, whatever. You got to kind of restructure some things. There are going to be some people that lose their job, but maybe that can get absorbed somewhere else. But to just completely shut the place down and thirteen hundred and fifty plus employees are now out of a job all of a sudden right before Christmas. I mean, it's just messed up, man. Well, I mean, there's kind of stuff that you that you see like you know the the modern day you know telling of 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 you know the uh, the story of Christmas or something you know and 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 you know Scrooge is is shutting down his factory because bah humbug. You know, I mean, it, it kind of rings like that, something that you'd see in a, in a, in a, you know, dark Disney movie or something like that. But no, this is really happening. Well, I mean, I understand that, you know, being, uh, being let go any time of the year is, is not good. And it, it seems like Christmas or Thanksgiving uh, time frame would be a bad time of the year, but it really is no different than any other time of the year. Uh, you know, should you wait till January after you've spent the money on presents and uh, the big turkey dinner um, before I, you I, I, before you find out that you you, you know you're not going to have any income? So and it's and it's really about business. The business has to be successful uh, if there's going to be employees. So uh, I don't like the idea of a company laying people off uh, at any time. Uh, but I think ultimately uh, the, their primary focus is to the shareholders because they you know. They're the ones that have invested in the company. Um, and I don't like the, again, I don't like the idea of people being laid off, but you would hope that they're doing the best for the company, which means they're either going to come back or they're going to be able to continue to uh, have all the other workers working at Jeep continue to work and not have it closed down uh, the whole I, thing. I, I can't argue with any of that. It all, it all, you, you make a good point, Tony. But what, what really grinds my gears on all this is Jeep coming out making an official statement saying, no, this plant is not being closed down. It's, it's just going idle. Well, that's PR. And then, I mean, that's absolutely PR. And then behind yeah. the scenes going ahead and moving all those jobs down to Mexico. Yeah. I mean, that's effed up, man. You, you can't, well, I mean. It's interesting when you, when we have a president that makes it a point to make sure that the, the jobs stay in America. That they, that many companies will listen to that, and I, and I think that's something that we ought to do more of. I mean, good lord, if we're going to be paying this much more money for something, we might as well be spending it in America, right? I mean, that's always been the mm -hmm. the point is that you know if you if you move it out of the country, you can uh, make a, a product that is uh, less expensive. Is also I think not a, as good a product. Uh, and that appeals uh, to a lot of people not having to pay as much. So, again, it's another PR move. But, yeah, I mean, I don't like the idea of the jobs going to Mexico. It, it's good for Mexico, uh, but it's not necessarily good for us. Oh, I wanted to mention something really quick about electric uh, electric vehicles. <clears throat> and I know we don't uh, uh, report on Teslas, but I did see something here recently that Tesla is looking at changing the battery chemistry instead of using, uh, I think it was magnesium, no, cobalt. Uh, they're going to start using sulfur in the batteries, and it's going to make it a lot uh, cheaper to make the the batteries. And I think that it will charge faster and uh, have a, uh, a, a hold a greater charge. And they're mm -hmm. looking at dropping the price of five thousand dollars for the vehicle for the electric vehicle for the battery. The no, 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 for the for the vehicle. Oh. Yeah, so dropping yeah, no, dropping the saying. price. 
Which because is nice. they're changing the battery. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and because it's more powerful, they don't have as many batteries in there. So it's less weight, and that increases your range, yada, yada. And does, does everybody, and I always get the two confused between fusion and fission. I think fission is the, the nuclear bomb, and fusion is the thing that happens in, inside of stars. Did you guys hear about the net positive results yeah. from the latest yeah. fusion reactor? That no. is uh, is very promising. So uh, that on, is a potential a new. Yep, that is a potential way of charging these electric vehicles, where we have a lot of electricity. And good lord, it's actually green. There, it, it truly is a green energy, and potentially a way to charge these vehicles. So, uh, I mean, talk well, about we did talk have about to blow dumb up luck. The moon to get there, but but it, you know, it's still. It's okay. <laughs> Other we than did. that, you know. We did? How did I'm we kidding. how do we hit the blow of the moon? I'm, I missed that. That that would have been fun to watch. <laughs> they always do it on the night side. It just pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show. With Wimby. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back. Strap in and brace yourself. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and in this episode, I share an unbelievable story on a simple part of the trail. You don't want to miss this one. (laughs) And this is Chuck, and I fixed my computer today all by myself with no help from anybody else. See, Chuck, it's one of those times (laughs) I told you just power it off and power it back on. (laughs) That's what I did. Oh, good. That's what I did. (laughs) I'm Tony, and welcome to our flagship episode. We have four episodes a week and with three different show formats. I know, it's confusing. Roundtable discussion on Wednesday, flagship two on Thursday, and our great interview episodes on Friday. You get an hour of Jeep Entertainment Tuesday through Friday every week. And now back to the news. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And speaking of Jeep plants, there seems to be something in the air surrounding these facilities lately, as we have reports this week of shots fired at least and at least one person killed at a Jeep parts plant making Jeep seats. A 40-year-old man was shot and killed on Wednesday after a fight between co-workers at an automotive parts supply plant close to Detroit. The unnamed dead man and a 29-year-old suspect for the shooting, who is currently in police custody, were both employed at the Jeep seat-making facility in Highland Park, Michigan. Highland Park police say the incident started with a fight over the use of a tool inside the plant, but continued outside when both men were escorted from the building. There is no report that I can find to refute or substantiate this or that would tell me who started the fight. What is clear, however, is that things got physical enough at some point to where an ambulance was called. The 29-year-old man refused hospital treatment and got into his car to drive away, but then spotted the 40-year-old victim sitting in his own car. According to Highland Park Police Deputy Sheriff Daryl Patterson, the 29-year-old got out of his car and proceeded to approach the 40-year-old man sitting in his own car. Words were apparently exchanged, and it was at this point that the 40-year-old man saw enough cause to shoot the younger man standing outside of his vehicle. Officers were only a half a block away when the shots were fired and were quickly on the scene with the EMS arriving just moments later. 
but the victim was pronounced dead on arrival at Detroit Medical Center's Detroit Receiving Hospital. After the initial disturbance, the plant continued to operate, although some employees did choose to go home after the shooting. Ordinarily, that may be where the story would end. And if you hear this other places, that may be all that you're going to get. But it is here that we find, as they say, the devil in the details. Now, this may be just a coincidence, but if the CIA taught me anything, it's that there are no coincidences. <laughs> Although what has been reported by the police and the witnesses was an argument over a tool of all things, the shooting occurred only a day after the company announced that it was laying off 268 employees at the Highland Park plant. That unto itself sucks, but oddly parallels the massive layoffs at the Belvedere plant in, in Illinois, though. The company is closing the site's metals department that makes seat frames for some Jeeps and moving production to another site that it has declined to name. Why hide that information? Because you're ashamed of what it points to, perhaps? And now things get awkward. Why? Because Detroit Business says that it has documents that show the seat-making facility and its jobs are moving to Mexico, just like the other 1,350 jobs from Illinois. Gee, that's weird. The Highland Park Police, however, don't believe the shooting is related to the layoffs, but boy, that sure is a strong coincidence, isn't it? Man, it's like road rage, you know? You can't let it get to you, and nothing is worth getting that upset to where you have to defend your life and take someone else's. I just, that's crazy. No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, the, the, the surface story of this, the shooting unto itself is, is, is certainly tragic. And, and obviously, um, you approach somebody's vehicle, you're irate enough and, and are creating enough of a scene that the person feels that they are in danger enough to then shoot you. Come on, man. There obviously there's there's a lot of bad decisions that went around here. I mean, obviously the man in the car he could have left the scene and and uh, and not engage the other person, uh, not mm -hmm. continue the the argument. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. This can go a number of different ways. But yeah. I want to throw a conspiracy theory out here for you guys, and this one's going to be a little bit of a reach. And some of you may even be writing into the show saying, "Okay, Josh, that's a bridge too far." <laughs> so what I'm thinking is is we got Jeep here. Uh, closing down these plants and they're kind of doing it a little bit secretively not certainly being upfront and, and transparent about why they're doing it and they certainly aren't aren't uh, temporary layoffs and closures uh, at least according to um, a lot of the internal documents that are showing that these jobs and these facilities are essentially moving down to mexico we just heard, we, we know in, in recent news, I hate to kind of uh, delve into the political a little bit on this but title 42 is about to come to an end Let's go, Brandon. So with Title 42 coming to an end, we're going to be experiencing even more uh, illegal border crossings than ever before, even past the record numbers that we've seen over the last couple of years. I'm wondering if powers that be aren't aware of this, aren't foreseeing this, and are doing everything they can to open up a whole bunch of jobs in Mexico to try and prevent people from coming over here to the U.S. Hmm. Um, I, I like it. They don't. Kind they can't vote for Mexico. I mean, not legally. No, but he's saying yeah, no. they would. They would have jobs, though. And who cares about a vote when you've got a good-paying job? Right, but I'm and just saying. I think one of the reasons the why they they have the open border is to to get more votes over here. Oh, for over sure. Here. That's. I mean, 100%. well, we already know that. But, but yeah, I I don't know, man. It's it's. 
I, I was thinking about this. I was hearing some some news, and I was starting to make a connection. And I was like, okay, it's a little bit conspiracy theorist ish, but I can't dissuade it. It's, it's not out of the realm I of possibility. It's only I, a conspiracy theory until it's proven. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Here we go. So yeah, I uh, whether or not I'm going to be disappeared or canceled or something for for saying that, uh, <laughs> whatever. But but there it is. So all right. All right, well, look, I'm the last person on the face of the earth to follow celebrity gossip, news, or pretty much anything related to the latest in Hollywood, or its elite for that matter. But you'd have to have been living under a rock for the last two, three decades to not know the name Justin Timberlake. Who? Is there anybody here on the show who doesn't know who Justin Timberlake is? Oh, he was in Bad no, I, Teacher. He was really good in that no, show, that movie. He, he's, uh, a, he's actually a good singer. I like his music. Yeah, I don't know. Josh. Decent singer, hey, decent hey, actor. Dog. Yeah. Hey, hey, Josh, this is Chuck, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the show, and I, uh, I, can, Welcome. I can actually tell you, I, uh, <laughs> thank you for allowing me today. Uh, I know the name, but I don't know anything about this person. I know I don't know anything about him. I think well, he makes he's a, food. He's a singer, does, does he's a he singer and an actor. No, he doesn't make food. Multi-talented Boots. singer. He yeah, was just like Randall... Justin Randall Timberlake is his full name. It's his real name. And he's oh, a multi-talented Now American I know who you're talking about. <laughs> actor, record producer, and songwriter. And he's, uh, he, he hails from Memphis, Tennessee. His music oh is one of the best sellers with almost 100 million records sold worldwide. And he has won several awards, including about seven Grammys and several others. His net worth is currently estimated to be around $250 million. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The what, what law are they breaking giving away Grammys? I mean, like uh, Grammy got run over by the reindeer grant kind of Grammy? Is that what you're talking <laughs> no, about? No, that, that's a different episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't give away old people, male or female. Damn it. <laughs> well, you, know, you get to a certain expiration date, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, sell by. Uh, yeah, you got a point. Use by, enjoy by. Well, you know, the celebrities are a little, little strange, so maybe so. But Justin's Timber, Justin Timberlake's car collection is uh, estimated to be worth around a million dollars. Nothing to really write home about, right? I mean, you know, you sure. look at car collections like Jay Leno's, Adam Carolla's, mm-hmm. you know, guys, guys like this. I mean, you know, in the Tim m- Allen. You know, multiple, oh, yeah. multiple tens of millions, if not hundreds. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, obviously uh, kind of small potatoes to some of these bigger, bigger names. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. a million dollars worth of a car collection, nothing to shake a stick at. Out of all the mundane cars and trucks that he's got, and yes, even somebody as famous as Justin Timberlake has vehicles as boring as a 2002 Volkswagen Jetta and a 1993 Acura Legend. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about some grocery getters? There you go. But amidst other gems like a 1967 Pontiac GTO convertible, ho, 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 are two standouts. And there are Jeeps, of course. The first is a 2013 Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT8. Justin Timberlake is definitely a sucker for expensive SUVs as he owns numbers of them, uh, such as a Lincoln Navigator, Cadillac Escalade, Audi Q7, etc., etc. However, the Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT8 holds the record for the fastest one among all the vehicles in Timberlake's collection. The Jeep boasts a 6.4-liter Hemi V8, generating over 470 horsepower, and has been refurbished to be all black just for it to look a little extra dangerous. Just like the 2008 Hummer H3 he also has in his collection, the 2013 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon is another military-derived vehicle in Justin Timberlake's garage. 
Justin's Jeep Wrangler Rubicon is actually kept in a constant state of off-road readiness. We don't know all the specs on JT's Wrangler, but it clearly has aftermarket lift, wheels, tires, rock rails, and bumpers at the very least. In the year 2013, the Jeep got a minor makeover with improvements like improved windshield washer nozzles and cozy and comfortable cabin lighting. So, I guess Justin Timberlake joins the entourage of celebrity Jeepers out there, and he actually mods his Jeeps too. So, pretty cool, huh? Who knew? Chris, so I, I you just need want to, to make a statement. You need to get uh, Justin on here. Chris, you're well, listening. First off, <laughs> listen, I was going to say, if Justin's listening, I apologize that Tony and Chuck didn't know who you were. But I do. I, don't I said so, he was in Bad Teacher. I saw him in the movie. He so, was hilarious. So I'm just saying it'd be really cool if you'd come on and do an interview or just do the roundtable with us. I mean, that'd, oh, that'd be, be really funny. cool. Wouldn't it be? Just, just kinda, share what you're doing yeah. with that JT Wrangler. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, just, my gosh. That'd be kinda, such a... Just cool. kind of snuck into the Zoom room. That'd be so funny. Oh, you're not Timberlake. Awesome. Who the hell do you think you are? Get out of here. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So Perfect. if you guys haven't seen Bad Teacher, you guys probably have, but uh, the listeners out there, uh, if you haven't seen Bad Teacher, you can uh, just kind of uh, fast forward through Cameron Diaz because I didn't really care for her in that movie. But Lucy Punch and just Justin Timberlake were hilarious. Look for the scene where uh, John Michael Higgins says, don't do that with your face. And it's, it's so funny. I don't know where they came up with that. It was really, really funny. But uh, yeah, Lucy Punch was the star of that movie. Bad teacher. Watch it. So for the, two listeners are, for the two listeners that are actually still listening to this show right now, because everyone else has <laughs> shut it off. Are you one of them? I don't Ch- give a uh, shit. One of them, uh, Chuck? <laughs> No, I'm. I have to be here. Not anymore. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. Like, I don't care about this guy's freaking VW, whatever the hell. <laughs> oh, it's cool though. He's got Sorry. a Jeep. You know that you you I you know, see this you I'm see this disc in it. Oh, I've got Josh, be, did you say he had 22 inch rims? Because this this might be a fail. No, I doubt it. <laughs> no, no, it's no, not I don't. No, I can. Yeah, I can see him in the picture. He doesn't have them. No. Oh, okay, good, good. Because I was, you know. Off, <laughs> off-road ready with windshield wiper nozzles. <laughs> well, that's freaking handy, yeah. isn't it? I know. What well, I mean, no, you got to that. I see the picture now. He's got mud terrains on that thing. That's nice. He does. And, <laughs> and hopefully he knows how to drive and do all that off-road. But if not, Justin, let me know. I'll be happy to take you out and show you some things. Oh my does that look like aftermarket uh, fender flares? Those look pretty wide. Uh, that's pretty, that's well, what he I was, was thinking, too. Looks like a very small person. How tall is this guy? Like 5'6"? Five, 5'11". Five, like Just like you. He's 5'11 like me? God damn, this Jeep is freaking short. <laughs> That's the first Don't thing I saw. Him, I, was like, I was like, who is this skinny bastard? Man, no one cares about him and his little freaking skinny jeans. <laughs> good Don't night. listen to him, Justin. It's all wouldn't, good. Wouldn't it be funny if he actually came on the show because he had to straighten uh, check out? That would be, yes, that would be our new would, way. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Come out to the That would be our new way of getting celebrities on the show. Just bad All right. Mr. Mr. Timberline, come on down. You can freaking hey, sing to the bulls. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. fun. <laughs> What's the what's Good the name of the shoes? Time. Is it Timberlake? Is the the, the boots? That's what I thought oh, this guy was. Timberland. Timberland. It is Timberline. Timberland. Timberline is the boots. Timberlake is the singer. Yeah. Just, which <laughs> which one's wet? There we go. Butter. Yeah. Timberland is the butter. Everybody knows that. Josh. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Land of Lakes. 
Not Timberland. Yes. Well, no, they've had to change their image, too, on that now. I thought that was so funny. You guys, I'm sure, saw it, where they've taken the Indian lady, the very attractive Indian lady, off the box. It's ridiculous. And now the the joke is, uh, white people, they they removed the Indian and kept the land. Mm -hmm. Amen. (laughs) That's the, you know, because that's all that's on the box anymore. Is this the land? (laughs) All right. Now we've lost the last two listeners for sure. But they were laughing when they left. You know, it was this guilt that yeah. made them uh, like pre- press the stop button. I can't button. handle this. <laughs> <laughs> see how easily we can make a transition from Jeeps to butter? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, Happens all the time. <laughs> Good times, Jeeper. What do you think about that transition? Do you think we should uh, work on our uh, work on our transitions a little bit better? Uh, sticking on, to- on topic, that sort of stuff. Uh, we always want to hear if you have a tip or response to any one of our stories. Be sure to let us know what you have to say. You can do it by phone or by email, and we love the interaction. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you can find out how to interact with each and every one of us here on the show. Yeah, You can always set us straight. We we play everything, every voicemail that comes in. Uh, we read every email that comes in that uh, is mm-hmm. uh, something like you know they would want read on the on the show. I mean, there's some things that, you know, just picture requests and things like that we don't put on here. Uh, but uh, so we love hearing from you and we love having you be part of the show. So uh, you got something to say? Let us know. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, be sure to check out the 4x4 Radio Network and be sure to tell your friends about it as well. We've got something for all kinds of off-roaders over there. The Center Steer Podcast is there. The On the Trail Podcast is there. The 4x4 Podcast, Trail Chasers, even the Jeep Talk Show is there. Lots of great off-road shows. That's what it's all about, right? And it's all for free. We're not going to charge you. We're not even going to make you sign up for anything as well. Head over to the number 4, the letter X, the number 4, and radionetwork.com. That's 4x4, radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, newbie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Newbie Nuggets. Well, have I got a trail story for you. It's unbelievable, but I was there. Now, if you've listened to my Newbie Nuggets sections, you know that I'm a huge proponent of keeping trails open and clean, not driving off the trails, etc., etc., Our local club, Bear Valley 4x4, scheduled a fence repair day for Gold Mountain about a week ago. We had six Jeeps and nine people. We even had two Forest Service employees, and we had the hydraulic fence post driver, too. The fence posts are difficult to get in the ground because of the rocky soil, but the hydraulic driver really helped us tremendously. Believe it or not, the T-posts that hold the wire fence get driven over all the time. Literally. A-holes think that the fenced area doesn't apply to them. But that's a topic for another episode. After we all aired down around 9 in the morning, we proceeded to the first set of posts and fencing that was down. We made short work of the job with all hands on deck. We repaired five sections of fence and managed to pull a huge tree off the trail that had fallen with the 90 mile an hour winds we had last month. It had snapped off about 10 feet above the ground and fallen down across the trail. The tree was blocking the road and of course, there was already a bypass. The girth of this tree was easily 3 feet in diameter. We got to hook up two Jeeps with winches and pulled that tree off the trail. It was poetry in motion when you have the right equipment. We were pretty proud of ourselves to have accomplished so much in a relatively short amount of time. We were all done with the repairs around 2 o'clock. That's five hours. And I said to Bill, I'm so excited we have an afternoon to do some stuff around the house when we get back. Well, we proceeded off the backside of the mountain. About 30 minutes later, we hear a strange noise from the Jeep. 
Now, this is a road of series of narrow switchbacks, and it sounded like our lockers were on when you tried to turn the wheel and the tires chattered. We hadn't used our lockers at all that day. Well, we found it. The rear track bar bracket on the axle was broken almost completely off. Yep. Dang. Mangled and pushed the anti-rock into the side of the tire, thus making the chattering noise that we tried to drive when we tried to drive. Bill also noticed that the axle had shifted so far to the passenger side that the drive shaft was rubbing up against the gas tank and skid plate. Good lord. If you're curious, yeah, there are pictures in the notes, guys. Well, log this one under, never go out in your Jeep without all the proper tools, accessories, etc. Now, we did empty the Jeep to make room for the chainsaws, fuel can, oils, T-post, wire, and basic fence tools, but we left behind the bag of other tools like tie-downs, ratchet straps, etc. So we radioed, radioed ahead and asked if Don Alexander had ratchet tie-downs, and he did. So he turned around and made his way back to us. Mind you, this part of the road is very narrow, single lane, and on the north side of the mountain, so it's colder, and there's really no sunshine late in the day. This day was about 45 degrees, but the backside was now easily in the low 30s. Don has the two Forest Service people with him, by the way, so they got to experience a true off-roading experience. He gets us the tie-downs, and Paul and Bill proceed to jerry-rig the axle and connect the straps crisscross to make it possible for us to get off the mountain, which we only had about a half a mile of black diamond trail and a mile or so of dirt road to go to get to the pavement. Now, Don uses the uphill bypass right where we were to turn around, which is about a three-point turn, straight up and back, but the road is very narrow and on a hillside, so it was really off camber. We hear a large pop sound from his Jeep and wonder, what the heck was that? As Don gets turned around, he can't drive forward. His steering is not responding. We look oh. under his Jeep and see that he is running over one end of his tie rod. He snapped off the driver's side tie rod end. What? <sighs> now there are two of us with major issues, and it all happened within 10 feet of each other. What are the odds? And we weren't even crawling on anything tough or anything except a dirt road at this point. Again, pictures in the notes if you want to see. We discussed all the options, including how are we going to get the Forest Service people off the mountain and back to their vehicle? And how are we going to get off the mountain with no steering and several switchbacks and tight turns and still one obstacle to get over? We decided that if we could get Don's Jeep backed up a bit, Paul could use the bypass and get the Forest Service folks off the hill. That was a great idea, but he only has one seat in his 1998 TJ and the back seat is literally a piece of plywood. And the Forest people are like, ah, we don't care, we can do it. So we hook up our winch to Don's Jeep and try to pull him backwards while Paul is trying to help the driver tire not turn away. Honestly, it was a crazy thing to try, but we needed Don back a bit so Paul could pass. Well, that didn't work. We did put it in four low and disengage the front hub so Don could move the Jeep backwards just enough to get off his own tie rod and out of Paul's way. We did discover by moving the Jeep a tiny bit, it was possible to wire the tie rod to the knuckle and give us some control to move forward. We oh, did wow. have heavy gauge, yeah, we did have heavy gauge fence wire that we'd been using all day that we could use. So repairs were made, and meanwhile, we called the other Jeepers who went ahead and asked if one of them could come back to get the forest people and take them off the hill. One agrees, and at least they got off the hill at a reasonable hour. Now, the temps were dropping as now 25 degrees, and most everyone did not bring heavy jackets, except me. 
I always plan. <laughs> we, we didn't plan on being out past mid-afternoon, and it was a nice day out. I probably overpack, but I hate being cold, and I know shit can happen. Anyway, it was cold, no sun on that side of the mountain, so we stood using the heat from Dawn's engine to heat up our hands. And by the way, that does work really well. So Bill and Paul do a, temp- a temporary fix on Dawn's Jeep while lying on in the ice and rocks. Dawn starts to drive. We start to drive. Dawn starts to drive. He's moving on. We start to drive, and the straps we had on our Jeep come off, so we have to reattach our straps differently. We finally get going and caught up to Dawn about 100, 200 feet down the trail, and sure enough, the jerry rig on Dawn's Jeep broke again. We knew it wouldn't hold, but we were trying just to get off the mountain. The ultimate plan was to get to the bottom of the trail and onto Forest Service Road 3N16, which is a dirt road in and out of Holcomb Valley. I would get a ride back home, which is only six miles, get the Chevy and the 16-foot trailer, and bring it back to haul both Jeeps out. One at a time, of course. By this time, it's dark around 5.30, and we are all cold, and the temps keep dropping. Gary, one of our club members, came back to help, and by this time, we needed his headlights to see under John's Jeep. Bill and Paul decided to add a ratchet strap along with the wire to try to hold everything in place. Ken, another club member who took the people off the hill, came back and then he took me to get the Chevy in the trailer. Okay, (laughs) it just keeps getting funnier, guys. I get home and realize that Bill's work truck is parked in front of the trailer. No problem. I go to get the Dodge keys and guess what? Bill has the keys in his pocket on the mountain. God. (laughs) I don't know why he did, by the way. Why? Are you kidding me? It took us at least 30 minutes to get home. I'm not going back up there without the truck and trailer. I search for the spare key and finally find it after 25 minutes of tearing the safe apart. I'm not kidding. I had no idea the spare key would be a flat, old-fashioned metal key. I was just looking for a key with a fob. Right. Oh, well, lesson learned. The cell service was spotted, and I did manage to reach Bill once, and he said he would send Gary down to give me the keys. I found them before Gary showed up with Bill's keys, so I called him, and he went back up the hill to help. Now, I've hauled horses and hooked up trailers so many times I can't tell you. But when it's dark, cold, and below freezing temps, things don't always go as planned. It did take me a little bit, but I did manage to get all hooked up and got on my way. When I reached the dirt road, the Chevy and trailer tires are not aired down, so I had to take the the rocky road very slowly, like one or two miles an hour, by the way. I was concerned I might pop a tire on the trailer, and that was something we really didn't need to deal with at this point. I finally made it to the end of the uh, Gold Mountain Trail where it meets the Forest Service Road and I could see all the headlights and knew they had made it down to the end of the trail. Bill said they had to do four more trail hacks to get the Jeep to that point. Poor Bill and Paul, constantly under the Jeep, in the cold, trying to fix what can't be fixed without parts just to keep moving. The normally 20-minute half-mile trip off Gold Mountain took them four hours. Now the, issue, now, the issue was getting the 16-foot trailer turned around on the dirt road. With a narrow space to do that and, and a drop-off, if you missed the mark, it was going to be a challenge. Well, Bill's been back in trailers since he was 14, so no problem. He backed it up to the hillside as much as he could. We chalked the tires, unhooked the trailer, turned the truck in the opposite direction, hooked it up again, and voila, the trailer was turned around. Now, getting a Jeep that doesn't steer up ramps and onto a trailer, that was the next feat. Don could control the passenger tire, but it took two grown men to literally push on the big 37-inch driver tire to keep it straight. Oh, and one more thing. Don has PSC Hydro assist steering. The ram was still connected to the tie rod, and every time he turned, it made the tie rod flop around. Just one more fun challenge. 
Once we got to the ramps to climb up the trailer, it was all they could do to keep the tire on the ramp and not slip off. We got the Jeep up and Bill strapped her down. Ken had gone by the local community market on his way back to get some food. He brought back burritos. I didn't care what was in them. They were the best burritos I've ever eaten. Yeah. We did make our way off the mountain slowly with only one stop. The Jeep shifted a little bit on a rough road and one strap came off. Easy fix and away we went. Oh, and our Jeep? It actually held together for Bill to drive it home slowly with Paul behind him shining his headlights behind to make sure the straps held. We were never so happy to arrive home at 8.30 that night. Shower, couch, and some decompressed time. We slept really well that night. I so, bet. <laughs> <laughs> so when you go out for a simple trail maintenance, fence repair, easy trail ride, etc., always, always bring extra layers, gloves, and all your tools. I know we're not newbies. We know better. But I had two jackets with me, and I gave one to Bill. It was a black medium-sized jacket. He squeezed into it and wore it proudly under his sweatshirt. <laughs> It helped, but a beanie and heavier gloves would have been much more helpful. I'm going to file this one under no good deed goes unpunished. We love doing trail maintenance and helping keep the trails open, but we could have done without the extra six hours, freezing temps and trail repairs after a hard day of mending fences and, win and winching trees. All in all, it does make for an unbelievable story. So, you guys ever had something like that happen? I mean, 10 feet of each other, both of our Jeeps? Disabled? That's it was That's either one for the record books. Yeah, it was either Indian, Indian burial ground or uh, just one of those things. So did did, did anybody have any theories as to why the tie rod end broke? I mean, this clean uh, break. Well, and Don has those uh, Dana sixties, right? Yeah. So he's got big. So the his tie rod and everything was actually a smaller version. Um, I'm trying to say it was not as beefy as ours is. Because when we put that Jeep together, they didn't have it to fit his what we were doing to his Jeep. Our um, track bar on the back, Bill said just probably over time, he had stronger, beefier ones uh, at the shop. I said, I, I think part of this is your plan, honey. I think you plan to have these things break. So I go, oh, yeah, fix it. Um, but so on this was a Friday. So on Saturday, he fixed the track bar re-welded and did everything he needed to do our jeep's fine and then to the following tuesday he went down to curry and got all the different parts he needed and uh they fixed it yesterday and the jeep's fine so both jeeps are back operational but jeez what a crazy story so uh, i would have to imagine tony that 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 tie rod end had suffered something on the last wheeling trip that's out, what i'm thinking and, and was already probably mostly fractured through uh, but if you looked at it, if because they they both looked at it, you know, and it's a clean break. There was no, yeah, indication that there had been a stress fracture or something that was coming. I think it was just the angle of that particular turn, and it's a smaller piece. I mean, ours is like twice the size. It's ours is beefier, and it just the stress level. I that's what they're thinking. So, so. The, the images that you have here in the show notes, which people that are listening will be able to see this in the. The show notes mm -hmm. for episode 730. Um, that is Don's, the one where the, the tie rod is hanging down and the, yeah. the tie rod end is just sitting there with nothing in it. That's that's Don's rig? That's rig and then the wire they were using, that thicker, heavier fence wire to try to put it together. So the, the tie rod end was removed uh, from the, uh, the the knuckle and I think that I'm saying that right. Uh, and so the, that that was popped out, and the hole for the the knuckle was actually used to tie the the wire into. So if yes. if if, he, if they had had if you guys had had a spare 
tie rod in, you could have just screwed it in and been back to 100%. Well, until the there other side broke. Correct. Because <laughs> yes. it was a bad day, so you never can yeah, tell what would happen. In fact, we were thinking if Paul could get back home, he could take the this these components off of his Gladiator and bring them back just to get us off. But Don's Jeep is wider because he has the wider axles. Mm-hmm. So. But I mean, just the tie rod end is really all you needed and uh, just loosen up that uh, that nut get the bit that's uh, broken off inside they, there out. Yes. And this, they were I thinking mean, it would have been a, that, it would a quick fix if he had had one. So, no and, way. And, and Murphy's <laughs> Law clearly dictates if you have the part with you, it's not yes. going to break. Well, I know that. So I said, where's all the tools and accessories, Bill? <laughs> the only other thing that would have saved the day would have been a ready welder. Yeah, that's, yes. a, that, that's true. Something to be able to weld up. 100%. And and I don't know yeah, that okay. how much I would have trusted the well, but it would have been better than the bailing wire. Well, it would but, have been better than even, the bailing wire, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even then, you know, you're going out to do trail maintenance. It, this is not a, yes, it's a black diamond, but we took all the obstacles simply, you know, just easily, easy ways. We didn't, we weren't out wheeling. We're just there to repair stuff. And the backside of this mountain, other than the rock garden to sort of get out, there really isn't any major obstacles to deal with. It's just road. So for both of these to break on, plain dirt as i call it it was crazy but i'll tell you i wish i'd had a camera on the look on my face when i discover that i don't have keys and that they're in bill's pocket up on the mountain well that's what that's (laughs) what always happens and chuck you really can't identify with any of these breaks on the trail right i mean you've you've never had any issues (laughs) no No. No, i don't have a break (laughs) no i just don't everything i have is brand new it doesn't break yeah (laughs) and and plastic yeah i don't and plastic, yes, we really like yes plastic. Well, I, this is why I carry a welder. I've had I have welders and everything because I break shit like this all the time, and it's yeah. always, it, it, yeah, it, it's always like, like this is not that big of a deal. Snap! You're like, what in the f just happened? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah so when's the uh, when's the premier power welder coming? I know it's an order. Somebody's gonna have probably, one. I mean, you after know what? This. I, I gotta check with Bill because that's what he does sometimes. And they like breaks things and then says, "Oh, yeah. I, I had I'm to surprised. replace that." I'm kind of surprised between Bill and Don that that there isn't a ready welder between the two of them. I, I just yeah, I it's just like really. I mean, I understand this trip wasn't about that. You guys weren't set up or tooled up for that kind of a trip. Totally uh-huh. get it. Um, but I just I don't know. I would think that Don would have had one of those on his on his Jeep or possibly even, you know, some uh, jumper cables and a welding rod, you know, mm-hmm. a set of vice clamps or something, you know, I, I don't know. Say. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. When I first started doing it, you would just throw some 6011, the really thin 6011 and a set of jumper cables, right? If you went with somebody yeah. else and you can do it. And then I actually upgraded to something that one of our listeners has, Larry. It's a... Um, standalone wire you know wire fed kit kit but his gun that the technology now is a lot better his his gun has actually integrated in with the mig welder mine that i had back in i think i got it late nine probably early 2000s you had to have a cordless drill and you would chuck this welder into your cordless drill and then then weld up it was kind of neat but anyhow yeah welder would have been good you never know. It's it's on my list now. <laughs> well, do you have a crazy trail hack story you want to share for newbie nuggets? I'd sure love to hear from you. You can also find some great content on our YouTube channel at Trails411. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained?
Gladiator. In the winter snow, so bright and still, a Jeep Gladiator roams with the tire treads to fill. With a wreath upon its grill and lights so bright, it glides across the snowy terrain, a beautiful sight. Its engine purrs, its tires grips tight, as it journeys through the winter night. With presents in its bed, wrapped up with care, it spreads holiday cheer without a single care. A true off-road Santa with four-wheel drive, the Jeep Gladiator brings joy wherever it arrives. In the winter snow, so crisp and cold, it roams the land, a sight to behold. A true off-road Christmas with the Jeep Gladiator at the helm. Bring joy to all in its rugged off-road realm. I like that. <laughs> That's, that I love that. That's telling. great. Thank you. Did you see that? Uh, you see that uh, thing that uh, one of our listeners, uh, Travis, uh, had posted uh, recently. He he's got a pretty good uh, beard going on, and he had put a bunch of uh, color changing yeah. LED <laughs> light uh, Christmas ornaments uh, strung throughout his beard. Uh, oh, and, and there's quite quite a few of them uh, actually. And uh, and and he was showing uh, showing off his his be uh, bedazzled be be uh, belitted. Be uh, bedazzled uh, would be uh, would be interesting, yeah. Yeah, a bedazzled uh, <laughs> a beard there <laughs> uh, with all the lights and ornaments and stuff uh, for the camera. In the background was a section from a Jeep talk show episode uh, around oh. this time of year, was around the holidays, and it was a uh, there was a poem that I was reading uh, going off in the back. I had forgotten all about it, mm-hmm. completely forgot, and I'm, and I'm looking like, wait a minute, that's my voice. I don't remember saying that. Oh crap! That rhymes. Oh, it's a poem. Oh, wait a minute. Now I remember. Oh, okay. You know, it's like, <laughs> but I thought it was kind of cool. So shout out to Travis there for uh, for posting that. Thanks again, Travis. Hey, Jeep Talk Show. It's me, Dr. Out here in Utah, and I was just calling to say I listened to that interview with Dave of Armor Go Armor Light, and that is the greatest idea in the world, but. About 20 years too late for me, 25-something, <laughs> I don't know. All them real Jeeps that I got, uh, especially the two that have the 401s in them, the exhaust comes out, uh, goes back in, right there underneath the floor pan where you put your feet. I actually had a kid one day put ice in it, a bucket full of ice, and we drove down Lake Powell like that. But, yeah, I was really hot. These new plastic jeeps i've never had a problem with them uh <laughs> i like them i they're nice and quiet for me i i don't get it yeah anyways love the show talk to you guys later yeah that armor light stuff looks really interesting uh and it yeah. it's a good it's a good off-road mod i mean it, it, you know that's the cool 100%, thing without that, question that's a cool thing that you can do the modifications of your jeep and and it's just those little things like that people get in the jeep and they don't really understand why something's different but they like it and and, and it's very functional too I, I i just think it's a wonderful idea and uh would would love to have that for my wife's uh, tj of course they don't make it for the xj but uh oh well you know the xj is really just a grocery getter so there you go Amen. 
Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now, and I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit? You know, we love our paid subscribers, and thank you very much uh, for, for be- being a paid subscriber, but we'd like to ask you to do something else for us. If you go to JeepTalkShow.com slash contact and look down that page, you will see a place where you can do a social media share and help promote the show. So if you go through there and you click on that link for social media share, you will see a lot of ads that we've created, just ad images that have, that have been created that you can share on your social media. Uh, they're great for Instagram. It's a, it's a square format, uh, so it, it'll, it'll fit in a lot of places, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, you can probably do it TikTok as well. So just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Click on that social media share and pick one of those images and uh, share it to all the people that follow you to let them know about the Jeep Talk Show. Oh, and if you wouldn't mind, add uh, hashtag Jeep Talk Show in the text portion of that share. Hey guys, it's George. One quick thing, uh, I was listening to um, one of your roundtable discussions. You got into the more flayed and tire inflation. Uh, back when I was 16, 17 years ago, I had a CJ5 and then a CJ7. This is like mid-80s. The fastest way to air up was a York air compressor connected to your engine. Uh, but that was kind of yep. a big undertaking. And... Uh, what I did was pretty fast. It was a spark plug tire inflator. Have you guys heard of that? You basically had a 258 six-cylinder engine. You take first spark plug out, screw this little tire inflator in, connect the hose to it, fire up the engine, and it would inflate your tires. Noisy as shit, but it would do it. And it had a way to exchange fresh air in, not the engine compression air. So um, that worked quite well. You just had to let it cool down a couple minutes because that thing was freaking hot to get out of there and put your spark plug back in. But that's how I used to do it for years. And uh, you can probably Google spark plug tire inflator and find these things. I forgot the name of it. But anyway, now we're spoiled with so many other ways to do it. It's pretty simple. Talk to you later. Well, I think the suspenders and belt is, uh, idea is pretty good when it comes to doing things to your Jeep. It t- you should have a couple of ways to inflate a tire. Uh, the the power tank and uh, the electric air compressor, I think, are, are are two very good ways. And I think it's a good idea to have both because you never know when one's not going to be working or the tank's going to be empty. <laughs> they actually sell these kits out there. I mean, you can buy these on, on eBay. Spark plug tire inflator right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, how company much is it, Josh? Do you see a price on it? Uh, I'm a, there's actually a company uh, that that makes these things. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna list them because they're they're not exactly uh, here on the show or anything like that. But uh, but uh, I'm trying to find. Uh, oh no, this was oh boy, that was a uh, that was a number of years ago. That was six years ago. That the, so that's not around anymore. Well, no problem. Yeah, I was thinking maybe it, you just saw a price right there, like it was twenty bucks, and I was thinking you know it might be worth twenty bucks just having it uh, in the Jeep just in case. Oh, seventy five dollars used. Ah, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, no, no, thank you, Josh. Spend, you can keep it. Spend eight hundred dollars on a power tank. It's it's about the same price. <laughs> <laughs>
from the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And in episode 722, you talked about harvesting your own Christmas trees. And it reminds me of a time when I was younger, hiking the forest, looking for the perfect Christmas tree. And when I finally found the perfect tree, I saw a rodent-sized animal come out of a pond and started chewing on a tree. And then it saw me, and it ran up to me, and it started biting my leg. Yeah, I can't remember what kind of animal it was. It, that's gnawing on me. Yeah, I know. That was a <laughs> that long was way joke. to go to get there. That was a joke. Well, that's that not was... why I'm calling. I'm calling to find <laughs> out. That was Do you know how many life. telemarketers <laughs> it takes to change a light bulb? Only one, but they have to do it at dinner. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later, and have a good one. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> There's just no comment from us. We're like, good job, Nikki G. Yay. I just kept thinking of Bucky's. Uh, Josh has a Bucky's uh, little emblem there on his uh, boom, uh, and uh, uh, he's talking about uh, the beaver coming out of the, uh, out beaver, of the water. Yeah. okay all right well coming up this week on our friday episode episode 733 julianne of wranglerher.com so that's that's wrangle like r-a-n-g-l-h-e-r.com check it out great interview i think you're really going to enjoy it and something else you're going to enjoy is our roundtable episodes. I was just on the last week's episode it was a blast that was for the first time in a long time thanks for joining us there josh yeah, no, it was fun. I had to set you guys straight every now and again anyway, so. But uh, oh if you'd like to join in on the uh, on the Roundtable episodes, you can as well, even if this is your first time listening to the show. Uh, it's not like one of those things where you got to listen to 10 episodes before you can have fun with guys. No, it's not like that at all. In fact, uh, it's super easy to join in on the Tuesday Roundtable episodes. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. There you'll find a link to click and sign up for our newsletter. Inside the newsletter is all kinds of great information about what's going on in the show, what's happening behind the scenes. Who we're going to be talking to, what we're going to be giving away and when. Lots of great info, but also how to join in on our Tuesday Roundtable episodes. We record an episode every Tuesday, live, and we invite you, every Jeeper that we can, to join us as we record an episode. So, next Tuesday, we hope to see you there. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and sign up for the newsletter, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, and I want to make a quick announcement about our newsletter. We're making some changes to the newsletter. We've uh, reported uh, many, many times that it's uh, only one email a week. Well, we're going to change that, uh, and uh, we're changing it because we have four episodes a week, and you guys need more reminders about the episodes because I've heard from several people uh, they're either saying I've, I've, I've got to catch up this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I forgot about the 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 episodes. They want to hear yeah. them, but they don't remember because it's it's new. We for so long we had one episode a week, and now we have four. So uh, you could be receiving additional email newsletters uh, to your account. You might want to sign up to get those reminders. And uh, of course, you can always uh, unsubscribe if it uh, if it's something you don't want to get a lot of emails from. But it's want to make sure that uh, you know we've specifically said that it's only one email a week. Well, that's changing. It's going to be more.
Well, Jeeper, looks like this episode of the Jeep Talk Show has come to the end of the trail. But we've got another episode coming up right around the corner. Until then, be sure to keep it on the trail and under the trees. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Dog, you only knew all the voices in my head. No, seriously, I've forgotten half of them, so I need somebody to come help me give them names. Yeah, jeez, that doesn't sound creepy at all now, does it? But you're never alone. That's a great thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Broadcasting since 2010.